Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is Tyrone McGriff. Tyrone's the Director of Athletics at the Florida High Charter School in Tallahassee. Tyrone, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. Um, thank you for having me. Okay, absolutely. Well, as you know, the life of an athletic director is very busy, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners uh, hear about our guest background. So go ahead and share a little bit about you know, where you grew up, uh, where you went to college, uh, your background in sports. Yeah, so um, where I grew up it is, ooh, I grew up almost uh, similar to a military uh, kid. My dad was a, a high school and collegiate coach, a former professional football player. So we moved around a lot. I've been around sports my whole life. Um, kind of, you know, much like your track, um, you know, went from uh, next opportunity uh, to the next opportunity. Um, so we, we had an opportunity to, to move around a lot as a kid, um, see different athletic cultures, uh, both on the high school level and the collegiate level, level uh, be around professional athletes. Uh, so, I grew up around sports, uh, grew up in a house of educators. Uh, my grandmother was a teacher. Uh, my grandfather was uh, vice president, uh, associate vice president of academic affairs at Florida A&M. Uh, so I grew up in education as well. Um, uh, in high school, I was a pretty decent uh, high school athlete. Um, uh, I was afforded the opportunity to be able to select where I wanted to go to school. Um, I didn't have any, uh, well, not any, I would say I didn't have the major three in Florida. And the major three are Florida State, Florida, and Miami. Didn't have those three offers. Uh, and it was a no-brainer uh, for me. I wanted to follow in my, dad, my dad's footsteps. Uh, so I signed to uh, go to Florida a and uh, I started for four years at Florida A&M made uh, a few All-American teams. And then uh, my next step was also a no-brainer. Uh, even though I was getting some attention to continue playing, I knew that I wanted to be a coach. I grew up in a, in a, in a household as a coach, with a coach. And my dad told me from a young age, uh, don't bet on going becoming a professional athlete. So that was never my focus. I always wanted to be a coach. So 
uh, I started volunteering uh, in high school at my alma mater in Florida High. I ended up graduating from, from Florida High after two years there, junior and senior year. I uh, wanted to volunteer while I was still playing. So every spring, well, my last two springs, uh, junior and senior year, I volunteered on the coaching staff during spring football uh, just to get my foot in the door. And then from there, I returned, started coaching, uh, then got into track, got into cross country, uh, went back to school uh, to get my master's in uh, athletic administration. And uh, it's been a great process. Well, uh, again, I've got a chance to see you the last uh, four years here in Tallahassee in your career. How did that teaching and coaching turn into the athletic director uh, career that you have now? Um, like I said, I, I, I uh, had an opportunity to go back to school working at Florida State University Schools, which is the lab school for Florida State. Uh, we're commonly known as Florida High. Albert, and I had an opportunity to go back to school and get my school paid for. Uh, and education means a lot to me. So I selected athletic administration. Uh, and from there, uh, I did pretty well in the program. Um, and then, you know, um, luck is when uh, preparation meets timing. Uh, and uh, I was offered an opportunity to take over as an athletic director at Florida High. And uh, I accepted that. So it was kind of just... Um, my track. I started off as a volunteer and I just always did the small things to um, to give myself an opportunity uh, at success. So um, as I did more, as I knocked on more doors, doors opened just by me following the steps. In the time that you've been at Florida High, I know there's been some changes, you know, facility-wise, program-wise. What are uh, two or three of the uh, things that you have helped uh, facilitate uh, that you take the greatest pride in? Yeah, so we started a, um, a capital campaign at the school to help us um, meet the needs of our school. We are, because we're a, char a charter school, we're a Title I school as well. We service a lot of, uh, at least 30% of our student population is, is Title I. Um, and uh, we, we needed to meet some, some needs, some additional needs that weren't state funded. Um, being an athletic director, you know, you're always, I hate to say asking for money, but the kids need a lot. So we have to go out there and we have to find a way to raise money. So um, myself and a team of two others uh, kind of spearheaded a capital campaign that morphed into uh, a campaign for the entire school. Um, so we completed this first uh, annual campaign with $239,000 in donations and uh, revenue and pledges. That was, that was a huge feat, considering that was my first time. Um, I had a great team, uh, Ms. Tanja Ward, um, who has a background in communications and, uh, and really helped us out there, uh, Ms. Kim Prater, who is great at decorations and, and just making things festive. Um, so I, I was very proud of that. I also started the Florida High Hall of Fame. Uh, my, uh, would have been my second year as an AD. Um, and so I was also really excited to get that started. It's been talked about for so long and we finally got it started. 
Uh, and then uh, community events uh, that we put on, uh, fundraisers for uh, Hurricane Michael relief uh, and different, you know, of course, we're in the state of Florida. So we have a lot of hurricanes that come through and we try to provide a helping arm to whoever needs them when they come through. So those are some of, I think, my biggest accomplishments since I've been at Florida High. Uh, but one thing that uh, we're still trying to get done uh, down is the coaching education piece, and that's my next focus, is making sure that all of our coaches are in a continuous education plan that's focused on character development for our coaches and then our athletes. Yeah, you've already mentioned, um, you know, the impact that your dad had, you know, growing up as a mentor and in athletic administration, we talk about leadership all the time. Besides your dad, who have been some of the mentors that have helped you along the way? Ooh, man, that list would go on for days, honestly. Um, well, of course, my dad is the first mentor uh, that I ever had a chance to watch firsthand. Uh, after that, I had an opportunity to uh, be an athlete up underneath uh, coach uh, Bill Wilson, who's actually in the Florida Hall of Fame and great track coach and football coach down at Hero, uh, who was absolutely phenomenal for me. Uh, Randy Bethel and Tyrone Perry uh, were both very instrumental in my development. Uh, even though uh, I didn't get a chance to finish my high school career underneath them, I think they had the largest impact on my life during that time. Um, once I moved up here, of course, um, uh, I had uh, Coach Mike Hickman, um, who really uh, taught me a little bit about compassion and uh, thinking about others. Uh, and then uh, professionally, well, collegiately, uh, my coach, uh, Coach Tim Orr, was my position coach. Uh, he taught me a lot about manhood and transitioning from my adolescent years to becoming a man of integrity. Um, and he really helped me out. Um, with, with that with that transition. Uh, and of course, all of my head coaches during that time, I was able to watch, but primarily in those young years in sports, um, my vision of what a coach was came from them. Um, as an athletic administrator and a head coach, uh, my mentors have changed. Um, collegiately, uh, Jason, Dr. Jason Pappas at Florida State uh, he's in the sports management program. He's been a huge mentor for me in terms of understanding the sports industry. Uh, a guy named Jake Von Schur has really helped me align my focus as an athletic director. Uh, I watch him and watch the things that he does uh, or did over at McClay and try, try to implement those same things. Um, I would tell you, you know, um, I'm going to keep talking about you like you're not here. Uh, one of the things that, that he he emphasized was education, and as you can see, education means a lot for me. So I, I joined, uh, of course, as a member of the FHSAA, we're automatically a part of the FIAAA, but I made sure I got involved and understood what the NIAAA was, uh, started studying uh, and taking the uh, LTI courses to uh, get my CAA, uh, and now studying for that, making sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm ready to take it, but I'm just, I want to make sure that um, all the topics are covered, and I, regardless of whether they're on the test or not, I understand them firmly uh, in terms of how they apply to what I do. Uh, so he's been very instrumental for me in terms of athletic directors. Uh, yes, that's you. <laughs> and uh, to tell you the truth, um, I, uh, 
got guys like Ricky Bell and um, so many others um, that have really uh, helped me out. I have a great relationship with Lynn Thompson down at Bethune-Cookman University, um, who really helps me on the professional side as well. So it's so many people. I know I'm forgetting a lot, but um, uh, I, I think those are the main uh, instrumental pieces in, in, in helping me become a better athletic director. Well, I appreciate the shout out on behalf of uh, our certification program. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later on. Um, this spring and into the summer, uh, COVID has certainly been a part of our lives. Um, what were some of the things uh, that you did during the spring season that was lost uh, as a result of COVID? Uh, and what are some of the things that you're doing right now with your student athletes and your coaches. Uh, we know in Florida that it's, it's really kind of the Wild West, uh, you know, other than the restrictions that the governor puts on us. Uh, so what are some things you did during the spring and what are some of the other things you're doing now? So uh, the first thing in the spring was I had to assess how can we stay in contact with our athletes. So uh, just like many of the other great ADs out there, I immediately took the social media uh, creating a, 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 a platform for us to communicate and uh, stay in contact with ours. Uh, we, we went, going into the COVID break, that was always, already a focus of mine in terms of making sure that we're communicating with everyone. So uh, we did things like uh, virtual workouts, uh, live streams. Uh, I, did a, I do a coach's corner uh, live stream on Fridays, uh, inviting different coaches up to talk about the program and what we've been doing uh, during that process. Uh, so that was the, the first thing, is establishing some type of means of communication with our athletes and making sure that Florida High was still thinking about them uh, doing the shutdown, um, studying uh, and education. Uh, during this time period, I realigned and making sure that I uh, do what's necessary for me to become a CAA. Um, during this time, I've also uh, uh, re-enrolled in school again um, and going back in school uh, to try to get my uh, EDD. Uh, uh, I think there are great athletic directors out there that uh, have that doctor in front of their name uh, that, it, you know, it's not about the title, it's about the, the education and the experience and the knowledge. Um, to understand uh, interscholastic uh, academics and athletics and how it relates to uh, student development. Uh, so uh, going back to school for that, uh, but uh, trying to put that focus back on our coaches. Uh, we have some of our coaches that are completing their level two certification in track. Uh, some coaches that have started doing uh, live streams with with uh, collegiate coaches. And like I said, you know, the focus is back on education during this shutdown. Um, so that that's what we did. And then, uh, of course, laying the groundwork for what it will look like when we come back. We opened up conditioning and we did that pretty smoothly uh, because during that shutdown, I was able to look at what uh, COVID was and how to protect our kids from it. Uh, so uh, our response was uh, in reaction to what we had to do and we, we focused on that. 
moving forward, uh, again, you know, we are, as I've shared with our listeners before, uh, Florida State Association does not um, control or regulate summer activities beyond the use of football gear. Uh, you can work out, you can do anything with your teams. And at present, they have stuck to their original starting uh, point for practices uh, for fall teams for July 27th. Uh, the task force has met. The task force has made some recommendations. Uh, what are your thoughts? And again, it can just be from a Florida high standpoint, or it can be from statewide. But what are your thoughts about reopening uh, on time? Do we delay? Um, you know, what's your thinking? Um, well, um, to tell you the truth, what we're talking about is conflict resolution, right? So conflict is COVID, all right? And how do we move forward? Uh, the resolution is not easy, to tell you the truth. The resolution is in the information that is disseminated down to us. I think as athletic administrators, we tend to look at our immediate, um, I, I would say, hierarchy. So as an AD, I'm looking to the FHSAA. Uh, but there are some questions that they can't answer. Uh, quite naturally, there's questions that I can't answer to my um, student body or my parents uh, because we're not biologists. So uh, before we can end, move past any conflict, we have to kind of answer some background questions like is a quarantine going to be um, necessary, a mandate for when kids get infected? Because even if we can start up on time, what we're going to run into is when teams get infected, what's going to be the process of canceling games? You know, if you have a team of 30 and 18 of your guys have, have, have tested positive, which is a real last life expectation now that we're going to have to deal with, um, what's going to be the protocol? Um, so because of all those what ifs, I don't know if moving forward is possible until we get those answers. And that goes outside the FHSAA. You know, um, is quarantine still the best practice? You know, because if quarantine is the best practice, playing a sport like football, it's not going to happen. I mean, we can start, but just as soon as we start, we'll be finishing. Uh, because once guys start tackling each other and exchanging bodily fluids, you know, all those things, you can't, it's football. It's going to happen. Outbreak is going to happen. Get ready for it. We know that's going to happen. So if we know that's going to happen, are we focused on making sure that we get a solid date? Or are we focused on what will be the conflict resolution once those things happen? Because if there is, like I said, if the mandate is still a quarantine of the people that have tested positive and the people that are exposed, we can't play. Um, I mean, how many games will you be able to get in before your team is, is just wiped out, you know? And they may not be sick. Or you may have, naturally, some people get sick. What happens when your coaching staff is out? So those are all things that we have to kind of find the answers to um, that I don't think the FHSAA, the FIAAA, Florida High, myself, or anybody else 
has the answers to because as it stands, the CDC has said 14-day quarantine. So how do you work? That's the first conflict. How do we work around the quarantine? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. There are just so many levels of questions that it's, and again, whether we delay two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, when we come back, COVID is still going to be here. So, uh, you know, what do you do? Let's get off COVID. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of your favorite things as an athletic director, you know, uh, let's say in more normal times or even now. What are uh, some of the things that really get you excited about coming to work each day? Kids. I mean, um, if it, if helping kids doesn't get you excited every day, oh, man, you're in the wrong profession for sure. You may not need to work in anybody's school, you know, because that's all we do. We're service-oriented. We have to learn how to be stewards. Um, and uh, that, that, that's what gets me excited. And, you know, there's different levels of assistance that we provide the kids. That could be facilities. That could be structures. That could be mentoring. That could be academic success. Uh, personal attaining their goals, aligning their goals, even teaching them how to make goals. Um, it, all those things are, it's all for the kids. So that's what I get most excited about. Um, that's what I love doing. Um, that's what, that's, I'm here because someone did that for me. I'm here because I had a coach in 10th grade that took my schedule and put me in creative writing when I didn't want to be in creative writing. Uh, and and smiled about it when he when he's when he told me you're in that class because I put you in that class, um, and he, you know it was because he knew that he was helping me, uh, and so that's 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 what I get most excited about during these times. Um, you know we know our conflict, like we said, you know not to get back on it, but COVID is our conflict, so we have to figure out a way to help the kids still doing this doing this shutdown. You know, there's so many coaches that I see that. If they're not there, it's like they're shut down. You got to figure out a way to help, you know, figure out a way. You know, it could be just calling kids on a daily basis. Hey, how are you doing? Did you read a book today? Did you work out today? You know, um, how can I assist you? Um, that, that that's, what we, that's what our role has now switched to. Well, without hesitation, every single one of these interviews, People led with kids. It's the kids. That's why we're doing this. Um, let's get a little more uh, serious here. You know, again, this spring and, and even into uh, you know the early summer months, you know, social issues were certainly at the forefront. Um, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? You know, with our kids, our coaches, our families. Uh, what are some things that we can do a better job of? Oh man, oh man, I, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, as I was, to tell you the truth, um, coaches usually are the ones providing more change than anybody because we work in diverse settings and we're trying to figure out how to make everybody better. With that being said, I think the biggest thing that we can do right now is to be open to discussion and um, open to just understanding what conflicts other individuals are having. Um, 
you know, it, it's very easy for us to chastise somebody else that doesn't have our, our same belief system. It's very easy for someone that, that, you know, doesn't understand my religious beliefs to call me crazy. And it's very easy for someone else, for me to call someone else crazy because they don't see the same things I see. And I don't think that's what we're placed on earth to do. I don't think we're here to chastise each other. I don't think we're here to tell someone else what their reality is. Um, it's just to be there and understand, you know. Um, it's just like learning. How do we all learn? Usually we learn through observation. So um, if during these times of social unrest, uh, we just have to listen to each other before we try to convey any type of message is have you listened to the opposite side um and once you listen uh i think we'll we'll all do better so as ad's i think we just focus on the love aspect the listening which we listen to people's conflicts all the time um we try to piece things together all the time most ad's are are are, are progressive in thought um, most good ADs because you can't be a good AD still doing what we did 30 years ago. So that's naturally what we are anyway. Um, so I, I think we just continue to listen and um, continue to teach our, our athletes how to listen and um, how to be a uh, support for someone else who's going through a hard time instead of uh, telling them that their time isn't hard. Appreciate you sharing those thoughts. Well, Coach, we have just flown through this interview. We're at our final segment, which we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox. Uh, you're a veteran AD now, and you're getting ready to send a brand new AD uh, out into his uh, or her school. And I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. What three items are you going to put in their AD toolbox? All right. I'm going to put the link to it, uh, NIAAA registration. Uh, I'm going to put um, some form of book uh, that they can learn from. Um, because I think the education piece is, is those two pieces alone. Uh, I would say the link to the, C, uh, the CAA study guide or something like that, uh, NIAAA registration, to make sure that you're involved in that. And um, I would say, oof. I would say something to help you sleep at night because you're going to deal with a lot of issues and uh, you're going to need help uh, just getting a couple of saws at night sometime and uh, being able to relax. Uh, so uh, I don't know what that could be, uh, but I, I believe the education piece is more helpful than anything, um, which I, I think you know, everybody tells me, like, especially when I start telling them how much they've helped me, they don't realize how much that one, like, I'm pretty sure you probably didn't realize how much that one conversation of, 
get certified. Like from there, I've done so many things just from that that one conversation that you said, hey, you you need to join this. You need to become involved in this. Uh, that's that's the biggest. I mean, you could have given me so much stuff. You could have given me a hey, these are all my 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 budgets. These are all you could have done all that stuff, but you gave me something more um, more useful than anything else, and that's the opportunity to learn. Uh, so uh, that's what I would give everybody. <laughs> well, I, again, I appreciate that. And I'm glad it's had an impact for you. Um, well, Tyrone, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed uh, listening to you. And again, uh, you know, you and I have gotten to be, you know, friends uh, here these past four years. Uh, for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure and come back next time for another edition of the Educational AD and the FIAAA Insider. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I want to remind you that the Zoom recording of this interview is also available on YouTube on the Educational AD channel. Thanks again for listening.